Good evening. Today I'm talking to Jim Udi on the release of his new book. Hiya, Jim. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the new book? Yep. Hi, Donna. Um, hi, everyone. Yeah, so today is the release of my new book, which is The Crazy Season, uh, which I have here. So it's obviously backwards, which is great. So, um, so this is book one of the new series. Um, I kind of pitched it as being somewhere between Jonathan Creek and X-Files. That's the kind of the idea of it. Um, and it will be a little bit more like that as the series kind of progresses. Um, so it's about uh, Joel Baxter, who's an investigative um, journalist. He looks into cases that are a little bit more obscure and uh, the bizarre, um, often ending in hoaxes. So him, you know, finding out that it's it's just things that are set up by people just just wanting um, information, and you know that that sort of thing. Um, but this one's slightly different because having won an award, he um, goes for a well-earned break with his family and um, there's, there's a car crash where his child dies and his wife is in a coma. Um, and so really we see for um, the next year, you know, all he's doing is really going to see his wife every single day, um, just trying to get on with his life. And he kind of moves away from any of the... Uh, investigations that, that he's done previously um, until he receives an email on a, on a very suspicious case of some suicides that are going on in a local coastal town um, and kind of reluctantly he goes to have a look into it and finds all kinds of secrets within like a little fishing village and that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, well. You make it sound like that's pretty much it, but it's uh, <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> um, so there's a few things that I wanted to ask you about it because obviously I read it, even though you didn't acknowledge me. But it's fine, I'm over it. <laughs> You're in there now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I noticed. I bought it today. Stuck so. in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Added after. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always an afterthought, it's fine. I'm over it anyway, like I said, it's it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted a co-write on it though, didn't you? That's, that's what you're after. <laughs> your name on the cover. <laughs> I'll take anything. I'm, I, I have no shame. <laughs> I will admit I will take anything. <laughs> not not to be melody though, she's something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the first question I wanted to ask you was the song which you posted on Facebook. Mm. Um, why that song? Is that special to you, or is it just you felt appropriate? Yeah, I, d I don't know why I chose it. To be honest, um, I've recently got Amazon Music um, since since lockdown, really, I guess, and that's kind of opened you up to a whole world of songs that you used to know, or you know, and you start going back and revisiting things. Um, and it was a song that I hadn't heard for, for quite a long while. Um, and I just thought it might, you know, be, be quite a good um, song for... So it, it, where it appears in the book is um, Joel actually plays the song by Sophie B. Hawkins. Um, and he plays it to his wife when he goes into Syrian hospital. And he plays it every single day um, to the point of that, you know, he'd be distraught if he didn't play it. So it's their song and you know it's it, it's how he feels connected to her as he sees her kind of connected up to 
to you know the wires and tubes and you know the the mound that he sees in the bed is is the the woman that he fell in love with that he's you know still wants that you know trying to keep hold of that connection with her and that was kind of one of the main parts i wanted within this story was to always have that kind of almost tender part of the story you know so whilst the whole of the series is meant to be something slightly different something slightly dark and bizarre but you always wanted that kind of um humanity about it um it gives joel something that he's not you know like this hero guy that goes off and does anything and you know there's there's a real um emotional side to him that he's struggling to get away from you know his uh, daily routine that he's got into um you know a, one part of the book is where you know someone who is actually trying to talk him into continuing with the investigation to point out that you know doing looking into these things is actually saving a lot of people um it's bringing a lot of things to light and it's looking at the bigger picture and he's very much focused in on you know what would his wife say if he didn't come and see her for that one day and what if something happened and you know what if she actually died and he wasn't there and you know it's trying to get him away from that and that's where carol the nurse comes into play you know she comes in and sits with him every single day that, that he goes there and she's just a friend and a and someone of support and someone that he can talk to that can kind of understand his full situation um and so that little section of the book is the, one of the first things that i thought about and it was always there was going to be the coma and there was always going to be um this friendship that he strikes up with uh with the nurse um, so that kind of overrides into it and the, the rest of the, the stuff that happens later you know is, is all what popped into my mind later on and kind of evolved from there but that was the, kind of the spine that started it um and obviously i've got to ask about melody um is she someone again that you came up with or is she based on anyone yeah no it's not based on anyone at all again um I think I wanted, because I had Hudson Bell and Hudson Bell was, is the main character in you know, my Hudson Bell series and his sidekick is Jez, who's a, you know, a real character in himself. And I wanted someone who was almost a sidekick, but whereas Jez is a little bit more, um, I'd say he's quite immature in the things he does. Um, I wanted a strong female character who, you know, is it's almost the other way around that sometimes you think that actually Joel's the sidekick and obviously then she's kind of more of the, the strong one within it but whereas you know she comes up with very brash and to the point you know responses to him and you know, doesn't really care and doesn't have a filter what you do understand is actually she has got a sensitive side underneath and you know there's a lot of things that she's trying to cover up and you know that was that was kind of the idea with the, the relationship between them or the non-relationship that kind of you know um goes on with and yeah so yeah not based on anyone but i just i thought she'd be quite a fun character and, and it's one that i want to build on later on um you know we we don't see it in this book but you know the ideas i have is that she's like a master of disguise as well so she can do accents and she can dress up and do stuff like that so she's she's going to get involved in all kinds of strange scenarios in the future that's the that's the plan with her and I imagine she was lots of fun to write, wasn't she? Because mm -hmm. you can literally have her doing anything and it was fine. 
yeah exactly you know and even the scene in the um in the pub where she's on the open mic and she just goes up and kind of says her kind of poetry as it were you know that was that was just like a fun bit of yeah and I, I literally just wrote that in one take and it was um really bizarre what goes on in my mind because yeah that just comes straight out um and I think if I said that out loud you know like the crowd's reaction that you have in the pub with a lot of people were open-mouthed and kind of looking at them you know that's uh, that's the the kind of thing I was going for is the fact that she'll go there and she's not going there you know to to say that you know look at me look what I can do and you know I'm going to be a star and this is just a step she's she's got no interest in doing that she just likes to go there and shock people and you know go up to a go up to the microphone and just see how many people she can shock um and yeah so uh, definitely a fun character to write and I think that helps as well because when when you're writing books that have quite intricate um storylines um that twists and turn and you know there's, there's little things that you know a hundred things going on in my mind that i want to get in and do this and do that it's nice to have that little relief of just something which is fun you know that your, your fingers can just suddenly shoot off and uh, characters like that virtually write themselves you know you just have to say right this is your scene and it just appears it's just as simple as that so yeah a, a lot of fun yeah, you can tell. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, I like the fact that, um, like you said, she's got a sensitive side and she's the only person that reached Joel normally. And, um, yeah, I think that, that that alone shows that, you know, she's obviously got a heart. It's not that she doesn't care about his wife, but actually she's the only person that's supposed to him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that was, that was the point, really, because, you know, Joel finds that a lot of people almost push him away or move away from him because they don't know what to say to him. And after the initial condolences, you know, six months, seven months, eight months down the line, people are unsure what to say to someone. And so invariably what they do is um, they just disappear and just ignore them and, you know, and go the other way. And whereas she's not like that and she you know she'll take the mick out of him and you know tell him to buck his ideas up and all stuff like that and he actually appreciates that because no one else really is around you know apart from his his friend who's who's her uh, brother so um yeah and that's really what you you know i wanted to convey with that the, the strong side versus the actual underlining very sensitive side that's quite caring um, and the other thing I wanted to ask you was about the conspiracy theories. Is that something that interests you as well? Yeah, very, <laughs> very much so. I mean, I'm, I, I'd say I'm more scientific in my thought process. Um, now, it's not, not that I don't, you know, always believe in things, but I, I always like to try and understand if there's a possibility, how it could be a possibility, you know, how it couldn't be a possibility and all things like that and I guess ever since you know at school when I was you know sought out the unexplained books in the corner that were well thumbed by the time I kind of left you know where I had the the spooky photographs of um you know ghosts in the background that you were kind of looking at and reading of things like self-combustion and stuff like that and they were like wow these these are just <laughs> bizarre things you know how can that happen um, so I guess always asking questions, um, hence my love of question marks and uh, <laughs> hence where question mark press came from. 
Um, so yeah, I, I've always liked to ask questions. I always like to understand. Um, I'm not so much just thinking that things happen. You know, I like to try and think, is there a reason why it happens? So, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll watch those ghost prob um, programs on the telly, um, you know, ghost hunters and all stuff like that. And, you know, I'm going, oh, the temperature's dropped because of this, or that's done that, that's a draft there, that's done this. And, <laughs> you know, I do accept, though, that it's there's a possibility that that's not always the case. But I do like to kind of, you know, look for the majority and have a look. And that's that's the point of these books. These books aren't necessarily supernatural at all. They're not going to necessarily have unexplained things in them um, and they're also not going to um, kind of take popular um, theories and debunk them or, or whatever it's, it's it's a little bit of everything really. it's, it's, a, it's a bit of fun and having some nice explanations as well I mean it's, it's what I love about the Jonathan Creek program you know the the complexity of something that you think well that's just ridiculous how can that have happened and then you slowly find out how it can happen um and that's the sort of things i want to ex explore a little bit further as we go in to the, to the series um and then obviously you know you've got the likes of the the guy who is abducted by aliens as well he's just added a, a little bit of um just a little bit of contrast i guess to the actual um storyline that's going on which I just thought would be fun. In his sex, though. <laughs> in his yeah. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> starting to worry about you in the sex dolls. It's becoming quite a theme, I've noticed. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I know people. <laughs> certainly not based on me, but I, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah someone, I think I'm someone's protesting with. too much. <laughs> yeah. So, friend yeah <laughs> yeah we all have those yeah, yeah. absolutely i believe you yeah. <laughs> are you going to keep an eye out for that in all your books now i've noticed it a few times already i'm like what is it with this guy in sex dolls i don't read about them for like 10 years and then all of a sudden all the time <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they're in that many but it just just so happens the last couple because what one of them is doing the um short stories where there's there's two in that now, the reason for that is one actually leads to the other because, you know, as a lot of my things are linked, they've got model numbers and they're actually the same model number in both, both of the books, if you, if you know. <laughs> now, that was actually set up for um, an anthology I was in going back all oh, about four or five years ago. And it was the first or might be in the second, second anthology where all of the stories would be connected. So it was quite a tough one because you had to speak to all the other authors to understand, you know, there was a overlying um, um, theme to, to what the anthology was going to be about. And then everyone's characters were going to interact within the stories. So it was quite a hard, you know, anyone who's a writer will know, you know, creativity isn't something that you ever want to be kind of boxed into and, you know, told, right, you can do this, but not this and that and that. And so something like that was quite difficult, I'd say. Um, hence why I, most of mine are very abstract compared to the others, because um, I like to try and push to as far to the boundaries I can on it. Um, but someone else had come up with this, um, a spaceship because it was all sci-fi ones that was smuggling these 
uh, sex dolls. And so that's where that came from. So then <laughs> they came up with a with the reference serial number and I used it. Of course, mine in the story is the only one that doesn't like to be touched. So it actually electrocutes people if you get too close to it. Um, and then that leads to the other short story that I did um, called Teaching Tom. Uh, so both for those two stories are in um, my anthology. Um, comes out next next month. Uh, a little bit fun. Which is called? Um, Tales from the Coffee Pot. It's out on the... 7th or 8th? 8th? 8th of June, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Check the schedule. Uh, <laughs> 7th. Right. Well, I, I mean, you know, what's, what's a day? Uh, you should know. It's your book. <laughs> <laughs> and it's your surprised. company. Your <laughs> Your question about press, so you know, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I probably know other people's uh, release dates more than I know my, my own. But, uh, <laughs> I um, tend not. Um, to, I tend not to hassle myself over things. So uh, <laughs> no details. And, <laughs> you're not details, right? <laughs> no, <other> no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just say yes or no, uh, <laughs> and and ask Matt. That's, yes. <laughs> that's my three responses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Matt, bless him. I just noticed a message on my phone asking if he can record our meeting, but only in the first hour. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> He's going to get it every minute. <laughs> the whole three hours. <laughs> <laughs> He'll like that. Yeah. We'll have to talk about him as well, so his ears are burning. Like now. <laughs> Um, and you're also re-releasing another of your books. Yeah, so I'm re-releasing um, A Lifetime Ago. So that one, um, it's not just releasing it because I've actually written an extra 100 pages of it. And <clears throat> not just 100 pages because I've rewritten a load of the others. Um, basically, when I, when I got to the end of it, as much as I really liked it, there were still a couple of little niggly things that I had with it. There was something that just didn't sit right with me that I felt could have been done better. Um, then when I had another publisher interested, they kind of picked up on some of these things that maybe I should explain things more and do. And at the end, I, I had a couple of, well, I had about three twists at the end. And so instead of having all three at the end, or brought one forward and kind of tried to explain it out a little bit more. So it wasn't just, you know, reveal, reveal, reveal and um you know a little bit more paced i guess um and so i you know i think that the book is a lot better now and which is a funny thing because the um reviews that i'd had or have have been brilliant have been fantastic so and only a couple of people actually messaged me asking me extra questions and i thought yeah maybe I, i'm not quite going into enough detail on those because if anyone's asking you a question you know it's usually because you've not gone into enough details um so you know you you don't want to leave you know unless you're deliberately doing it you don't want to leave the reader actually asking questions and scratching their head and go, mm. so i think it plays out a lot better now so you know i think it leads nicely into into book two come back home which 
having written Come Back Home, I thought that that was a lot better than A Lifetime Ago. But I think that they are both equally um, as good as each other now, which is which is really nice because then that leads me nicely to book three, which I will be starting at the moment um, at the end of the year. Um, I say at the moment because I'm getting a few bit of pressure for, for book two of um, <laughs> Joel Baxter. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, but that's, that's that's the plan at the moment. So the anthology next month. The um, I've got plans to then, yeah, um, young adult horror stories. So um, those books will be coming out one in August. Um, but you might know a little bit about that, Donna. And then another one, probably at the end of the year, um, depending on how we how we go with the series. So that's the time of those. Busy time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say because you started your, oh, was it Tall Trees series, which you've written one. Now you've yep. got Job Baxter, which you've written one. So yep. how do you decide what's next, what you're going to write next? Is it pressure from the readers or is it what you want to do? Um, probably what I want to do to a point. Um, I try and kind of think of it more of a um you know what's what's best for the series or what's best for the books that i'm releasing so um i'm writing the hudson bell book three next um series wise because i wrote two in the series last year and you know if i don't write that at the end of the year it's going to go you know it's going to be a year missed and i think that's too long a gap for a series um and you know it's that has done really well for me it, it needs a bit of a reboot um because for various reasons you know namely uh, when the publisher was interested in it i kind of backed off pushing the series at all um uh, which you know in in in, a, in itself is it's a bit of a shame really with it because it was doing really well the momentum was massive on it and then it kind of dropped down because of that but you know that's it's just the name of the game isn't it it's, it's what you do um because i've got plenty of books to be pushing you kind of just move from one to another and just kind of kind of go from that so yeah i mean there would be pressures to do book two and three of um the tall trees um trilogy so I will get onto those probably beginning next year as well. So it's, yeah, I mean, the, you know, as you know, the, the young adult horrors don't take that long to write. Um, so I've already started one. Um, we're only talking about 150, 160 odd pages on those. Um, I can usually bang those out in a, about a month and a half, something like that. So I'm not too worried with that. The second one is actually... Um, expanding on a short story that was going to be in the anthology but when i read through it i thought this is actually perfect for um you know one of these uh, young adult horrors um it just needs kind of filling out a little bit more because mm -hmm. because it was a short story you know it's, i think it's predominantly about 60 70 pages um but there's a lot kind of missing in that it's not bulking for the sake of bulking it's actually you know sometimes with a short story you jump straight in like here and you know get straight to it whereas actually there's a bit of a backstory building up with the characters and a whole you know whole other emphasis on you know the surroundings what's happening why it's happening you know that you don't 
get involved in when it comes to a short story. And so, you know, I think that leads itself quite nicely. But because I've already got completely the idea, I've got the whole story, that isn't going to take me too long at all. So, um, you know, in theory, come the end of the summer, I'll be on to, to book three. <laughs> And I can start getting these others. I mean, you know, I slowly wrote down a few of the books that I've got planned kind of for the future. And I think I've got up to about 2026 for the times of, you know, that I could easily, without thinking of any more ideas, which in itself is an impossibility, but we'll, we'll pretend that that won't happen. Um, that will take me right up, you know, till there. Now, some of those will get pushed back will get forgotten and what have you it just just depends because you know we all change different things happen um new series ideas happen and who knows how these series that i'm writing will go you know as long as people still enjoy them i'll continue continue to write them and as long as i enjoy writing them you know i think that's probably more important than the actual books i mean i've probably got three or four books that are standalones that People have asked for sequels to, or, you know, the second book. And, you know, I've thought about it, but it's just, you have to make sure that your second book is at least as good as the first book, else there's no point, else you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. Um, and I don't want to do that. It's It feels like I'm shortchanging people if I'm just putting a book out there that's got, you know, either a similar storyline to the original one, or it's just hasn't got a lot of depth into it and that's the problem with a lot of my standalones where they've got a sudden reveal in it or a sudden you know twist how do you move on from that twist because if the twist has already happened then it means that the second one is almost living off that twist of the first which means the second book is never going to be quite as exciting so yeah that's what I think about um, something that seems to have come up a lot lately is how a lot of authors seem to be struggling. Um, and I wondered if it's something you'd noticed as well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, you know, and it, I guess in many aspects of things, you know, because if you look at yourself as a person, right, being an author is a very lonely kind of process because you're doing a lot of stuff on your own. You're, you're fighting with whatever's in your mind to get it down onto paper. Um, and ultimately you're very focused on something that the world won't see in for a while and then when it does it's a very up and down journey as, as we all know you know whether it's sales whether it's reviews whether you know whether it's anything like that it's uh, it can be a tough tough one um for me sales have been very you know they they were doing really well slowly slowly but surely kind of um getting more and more and you know really building the readership um, as soon as it came to April, everything just literally stopped like that. And it was, a, it was a very bizarre feeling to suddenly, you know, because you know it's a gamble almost each month because you can't guarantee sales. It's not something that you ever can guarantee. The only time you can guarantee sales is when you've got a release because you know, you're, you know you'll get a certain amount of that time. <clears throat> as soon as that book's released, you know, it's a complete gamble on whether it continues to grow or whether it just stops dead or whatever and you know I think possibly readers don't often understand and appreciate that you're you're like head of marketing for yourself and so 
constantly I'm thinking, right, okay, look at all my books. What shall I, what am I going to do with them now? What are they priced at? Am I going to drop one down to 99p? Am I going to go with the free for a few days? Is that worth doing? Am I just losing money for the sake of losing money? You know, because yeah, you know, you can sell a handful of books. You can sell 20, 30, 50, a hundred books. Um, but when you go free, you suddenly are having 6,000 downloads, 7,000 downloads. Um, and that can be good or bad because it depends on whether those downloads are read. If they're not read, if they just sat on a Kindle, if they're, you know, 300 pages down the line that are never being looked at, then it's of no use to anyone whatsoever. Um, however, once you put a price on it, suddenly people are turned off with it sometimes. So it's, it's, it's a very hard balance to kind of, you know, get that. Um, and I guess, you know, take it back to basics. I've always said I prefer to have a thousand people get my book for free and read it than make a thousand pounds on a, on a book and, you know, no one read it at all because it's not about making the money from it. It's about sharing the book that I've written with people. You know, that's, that's why you're releasing it. I mean, I, I can write the book for myself and thankfully because my memory is not brilliant i often will reread my books a couple of years down the line and i forget things um i read a scene to one of my books last night to, to one of my daughters and we were both cracking up because i couldn't actually remember what i'd written and she was looking at me slightly bizarre but um you know I, but because it's my sense of humor obviously it makes me laugh again and i mean that that sounds like a real sad story but you know it's just it's just, just the way it is so you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things. You, you'd like other people to read and appreciate your writing. Um, and I think that goes above and beyond trying to make money out of things. You know, yes, like both. Who wouldn't? But you've got to be realistic in this world and understand that, that, that you know, the two don't always come together. So, you know, there you go. So, it, you know, to answer your question or to, to kind of finalise that, really, I think it is a, a tough time. And this, this could be the knock-on effect from having been in lockdown for a year where, you know, a year ago, sales were huge, or, or at least I found that, because I think people were in a, in a position where they thought, okay, we're going to be here for a while. Um, and some people were picking up books for the first time in, in years, which, which is great. But I think then through the year, those have then grabbed and grabbed at books, you know, fantastic. And now people are kind of, oh, I better not buy any more. My pile is huge. And, you know, so they're trying to work through those exactly the same way as I am. You know, there are many authors that I really enjoy who have got huge series out and I've only read a few of them. And I'm slowly trying to read, you know, because I'm not the sort of person that will find an author and then will read all their books. I'll read a couple and then I'll move on to another, read a couple. And then, you know, and then I kind of do a circuit and come back to them and, you get to the point of you know more authors than days are in a year so it's it becomes quite it's quite a challenge <laughs> yeah absolutely i totally know that feeling although i'm the opposite i will read a whole series i will binge the whole thing mm. in a week easily <laughs> yeah it's it feels because i just don't have time at the moment <laughs> it's brilliant isn't it I read everyone else's in a week, but I don't have time to read yours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> certain honest. people keep me busy doing other stuff. So what can I say? <laughs> Very demanding past master that I work for. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Someone's got to crack the whip. 
<laughs> yeah, Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we do this gym? Yeah, if you want. <laughs> oh, pissing. Um, I totally forgot what we was going to say then. Well, what I was going to say. Keep distracting me. It's not easy, not hard. <laughs> um, we spoke about QMP last time, didn't we? Because even though it was quite new there, wasn't it? But it's much yeah. more established now. Yeah, seems, seems to be going well, I think. Um, I think we've got quite a good, good call of, of people together now. Um, and, you know, everyone's really working together, which is really the secret to it, I think. You know, if, if there is a secret at all, it is that everyone works for each other. And that is such an important thing. You know, I mean, you know, we all have our, our little issues once in a while, but everyone does, you know, who doesn't? But, um, you know, I think as long as everyone's looking at the, the same goal, which is just to help each other and to get great books out there, um, then, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, I, I've always tried to kind of get away with any uh, kind of competitive stuff because that's not what we're about. It's not about who, you know, sells more books or who does more of this and who does more of that and who's more focused here and there. You know, I, I, as, as long as everyone is positive, everyone's, you know, helping each other, and that's that's the main thing. You know, some some people have the ability to be able to give more than others, and you know, others shouldn't be penalised because they can't. But it's you know, I think as long as you get an understanding, you know, and you know that Donna as as well as I do, you know, when you start working alongside people, you you get an understanding of what people are like, and you know the ones that won't do things and will do things and will listen and won't listen and push the boundaries and and what have you, um, or bosses that just don't too laid back um anything like that so no i wasn't no no idea about that at all (laughs) (laughs) hence why i i've said with with our meetings now that we should probably take minutes because we when we start our meetings i think i'm sure there was loads of things i said i was going to do and (laughs) i've probably not done any of them so i should probably be held accountable for that now so (laughs) you know so that but that, that's what it's all about, isn't it? You, you have to understand that there are roles, there are things you've got to do. And, you know, in order for us to be able to get books out there to people, we have to have an infrastructure in place that can cope with the authors that we've got, you know, that has the quality behind it to have the right beta readers, you know, editors, arc readers, you know, people that you can rely on, who can work to deadlines, um, who enjoy the books, who want to champion the books, you know, and, and help each other. And those, those are just kind of core values. And that just sets you up for, for any publisher or for anything, you know, whether you're making money out of it from royalties or whether like us, you're just doing it bizarrely for the, for the love of it. <laughs> a thought process in that, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's a really good thing. And, you know, I think all of us are, are proud to be part of it and, you know, it's not one person that, that makes it. It's all of us working as a team. You know, like I've said before, I couldn't do this without Matt messaging me and saying, what about this? Do you think we should do this? Or do you think we should do this now? Well, we spoke about this before. Should we do this now? You know, which is his way of saying, you know, isn't it about time you pulled <laughs> <laughs> your finger out and did it? <laughs> and that's, that's what works well. So it's all, all good. All going in the right direction. 
yeah, it's nice. Um, you know, like you said, we're all proud and definitely I am. I love it. And it seems to be recognised amongst the community as well, which is quite nice. Um, a lot of people seem to have respect for what you're doing and for what we're doing, as, which is quite nice as well. Yeah, and it's it's very easy to want to help everyone. Um, but, you know, as as you know, I think I've probably turned away more people than they've taken on. And that is purely because I think we have to have the right authors to be, to, you know, I need to like the books for a start. I've, I've never been sort of person that thought I'm going to take on an author of a book I'm not going to read. Um, I'm just going to push it and that's it. Because that's, you know, what's the point in doing that? I have to enjoy that author, you know, the author's work. I have to know that them as a person is, you know, along with the same ethos that, that we've got. Um, and, you know, you have to be of that, that similar ilk. If you're going to have someone that's coming in and is expecting me to turn them into a bestseller, then, you know, good luck with that. <laughs> if I could do that, I wouldn't be here, would I? So, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, we're all at this journey in our, you know, writing careers for a reason but we can help each other to push ourselves further. And it's as simple as that. And, you know, I think that we can all then help other people coming on. And that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. I'd like us to then, when we take on other authors, any of the authors that are there now can start passing on what we've all learned together. You know, it's not, it's not what I'm teaching anyone because I don't know Arthur things. We're learning this together and, you know, we're trying things together. And th this is the point, you know, and it's, it's quite a good point to get across. You know, I'm not here saying that I'm some Svengali or something that's going to come up and change the world and do all that because I'm not. I'm just helping pulling people together to pull their ideas to get an idea of what, you know, how we can become more successful. And hopefully everyone who's part of Question Mark Press is doing better than they were, you know, previously or at least, you know, getting some understanding of the market and of the business and, you know, and whether they're going to stay for years, whether they're going to stay months or whatever they want, you know, it's not a case of you come in and you've got to stay and I don't want you doing this and doing that. You know, I want authors to be at a point where other publishers are wanting them and then they're going off to them become successful you know that's that's the idea of it this should be a journey for them um but you know we're still at the beginning of the stages so everything's still slowly ironing out but that's that's the idea behind it all yeah and it's fun <laughs> yeah exactly I, and i think that actually that the pressures of not having the royalties to to be worrying about and doing things like that um for me certainly takes it off of it because it means I'm doing it for the right reason. Um, I don't want to be taking on others by thinking, you know, well, looking at them as pound signs and thinking, Oh, okay. How can I get money out of them? You know, that's, I've, I've been with places like that where you've been treated like that. And I get, you know, publishers are, are businesses and they want people who are going to make the money, but, authors are people as well and I think there's a bit of a hand in hand with it you know you can't get on the wrong side so you the too friendly with that so you're making poor business decisions but I think you know so you just got to be careful with what you're doing and you know people are people there you go that's what I take from that <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so post-lockdown, you have one country you can visit, one concert you can go to, and any other event, what are you going to choose? don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like to go somewhere completely far out, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd love to go to the, the Caribbean or somewhere like that. That'd be great. I mean, I've always thought of somewhere like, um, actually, like the, the Virgin Isles or something like that. So, you know, kind of, um, something that's just a little bit obscure and out there. That would be quite nice. Um, uh, events? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I'm not a big person for huge crowds of people so that kind of puts me off a lot of things and I've, I've been to a lot of things I've been to lots of football matches here there and everywhere my troubles following swindling around um, although in fairness when I was going to their weight matches they were doing a hell of a lot better than they are now so it wasn't wasn't so bad um, you know and I've, I've been to, to gigs you know I've been to the huge gigs but I've, I've enjoyed more the smaller intimate gigs and bouncing up and down the nose it's just been fantastic but i don't know like i say i've i've kind of done all that so i'm not <clears throat> massively worried about kind of going back to doing all all that um so i i don't know when it comes to something like that i mean you know the the convention that we're on about for for next year um in stoke will be will be fantastic you know that's that's the sort of thing that'll be that'll be fun because it's it's us as a group this question mark press all kind of being together setting our books but meeting other people meeting the people who have helped you and you know and um meeting readers and things like that and that's that stuff that i've barely really done you know i mean i've been writing since 2015 but i've literally done no sort of <laughs> leaving the house um apart from a, a couple of sessions with um uh with uh, valerie kills uh in in bath and you know those those were those were really good. So it's it is kind of moving on from there. You know, there's, there's a number of things I've got planned. There's a couple of school visits I want to do. Um, and even though you, know, you might not believe it, but I hate public speaking or anything like that, um, I am quite passionate about getting children to read and write. And on the understanding of you know, books aren't these old-fashioned things that. that <laughs> people in yesteryear <laughs> indulged in when there was no uh, game consoles or, or anything like that um, and I think it is quite important to get teenagers to, to sit and write and express themselves onto the onto the page you know I think it, it helps them a lot to let off steam and do stuff that's other than something that is you know physical or you know something's going to get in this trouble or, or what have you so I, I think there is definitely something that, that can be, be had there um certainly the, one of the local schools that asked me um i think they liked the fact that i wasn't some posh guy who was um didn't fit that the kind of bill of <laughs> uh they thought that you know maybe with you know like my my tattoos and things like that they <laughs> they might see me as a bit of a you know <laughs> Peer or something, maybe not peer, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're more likely to kind of listen to you if you if you're not in corduroys. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got nothing wrong with corduroys because I worked for the National Trust for five years, and from starting with them and from leaving, I was wearing corduroys by the end. So I was <laughs> I was literally the only person in the building who had tattoos. 
and who hadn't been to Oxford or Cambridge, but I did have uh, did have corduroys on, so that was uh, that was an achievement, <laughs> I think. <laughs> you were converted eventually. <laughs> I think so. There's a there's a lot of comfort to be had in them. I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still wear them now? Is the question. I I don't unfortunately. I mean I I favoured the um the the browner of the colours. Um I, I didn't quite move on to the red or you know the green that, that some of them or the mustard colour. Those those were a big favourite I found. Um so I, I didn't actually venture to any of those, but um I'm led to believe they're very popular. There's still time, you're still young yet. Well, that's right. Another 15 years, maybe then, you know, it'll be the, the choice, especially the mustard ones. Well, that's that's why when I, I go shopping, I go in Sirencester, which is just, which it's as quick to go to Sirencester as it is to go to Swinton Town Centre. Now, if you know the two, Sirencester is in the Cotswolds and it's uh, yeah, very, very much more upper class there. Uh, so I feel completely out of it there. But then I go into the Swinton Town Centre as well and I'm not, you know, putting bricks through windows and doing stuff like that <laughs> or bottling people so uh, it's, uh, it's a complete different contrast but I, I live right on the edge of where the Cotswolds is so I like I like to sometimes pretend I just you know drop over onto the the, the higher part of life <laughs> <laughs> yeah it totally counts <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's beautiful I love the Cotswolds it's stunning yeah, yeah very much so yeah. Um, who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, I don't know. Um, Penelope Pitstop, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> Strong woman needing to You be guys are weird. Well, that's, that's not the first time someone's ever said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a species, it's all cartoons. <laughs> it's very odd. It's very rarely, a, you know, a human woman. Very strange creatures. I don't understand you. <laughs> Well, a cartoon you can draw yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave that with you. <laughs> I didn't need those images in my head. Thank you very much. <laughs> Always got to think outside the box, eh? What we yeah. got? <laughs> Pencil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could say something else, but I won't. I won't lower the tone any lower than it already is. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> would you like to show everyone your book again and tell them where they can find it and where they can find out more about you? This is my book, and you can find it in my hands at the moment. It's just here. Um, alternatively, if you actually want to get your hands on it yourself, short of breaking into my house you could get it from amazon um or you could get a signed copy by just messaging me or um put a message on my facebook page or anything like that really um it's it's 99p still at the moment but it will be going up to 199 um when i can be bothered to do it quite frankly uh, <laughs> and that reminds yeah. you <laughs> i mean <laughs> As, as Donna will say, there's, there's usually a lot of football that I tend to be watching, and that's usually my excuse of doing anything, is are you writing what well, I would be, but there's football on. So, uh, and there seems to be football on every day of the week. Um, it leads very little time for me to do anything that some might consider important. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Especially certain people that aren't football fans that just don't get it like that. Yeah. 
well, you know, he's. I'm, I'm sure he preaches it in his in his own little way. I really don't think he does. No, I, I don't think he does either. But, yeah, got to be positive, aren't you? <laughs> um, and me and Zoe are going to have to come break into your house and get you to sign a book, or you're going to sign one for us. We've yeah, both I'll, asked I'll... you like five times. So. <laughs> now, if I get you to sit on camera, <laughs> yeah, I will. I, I need to order some more. I will say that because this is my only copy. I had two copies, and um, my mother's actually reading the other copy because I, I gave her one. So that's the type of nice son I am. So, and she actually said it was the uh, best book I've written so far, which is which is quite nice. Awesome. I mean, she probably thought the others were rubbish, but that's that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, as long as she doesn't say that, then. Yeah. <laughs> well, my dad only read the first one, and um, the second one he started, and after about two and a half years, he gave up. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, me and Zoe aren't up at, um, against a road trip. <laughs> Just yeah, so you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can well believe that as well. <laughs> you know, just just FYI, <laughs> we'd find you. <laughs> you'll get you'll get your copies. <laughs> I promise. Well, you know, I thought the threat of turning up at your house might push you, but you know, it's a shame it's come to that, Jim. I know it's it's what it takes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the, what the threat of turning up at your door—that's charming. That is. <laughs> Anyone really? Because I'm I'm not a very sociable person, so <laughs> even the postman, I just snatched the stuff off him again. So. Oh. The postman, I love it. You've got to be nice to the postman because then they'll leave stuff and that when you're it's not never for me. The stuff, though, that's the thing. All I do is get up and down for other people's parcels. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Still shouldn't be rude to the postman. Our postman are lovely. You should be nice to them. I'm not rude. I just, you know. If you're snatching, that's rude. I just slap you around the head. They give a parcel, I take a parcel. It's, it's you know. Do you say thank you? Um, probably. <laughs> with, a, with a cheeky grin. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. <laughs> right, we shall finish as we have another meeting and I shall need to wee at some point. <laughs> no worries. <laughs>